This is the Wayne Coy Show. Yeah, it is. Okay, welcome to uh, the Monday edition, which means we get to go live all over the world, all at once, together from one little room in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nice to have you here and alongside John Caparulo, otherwise known as uh, as Cap. Hey, Cap, how you doing? Uh, I've been a fan since, uh, geez, 06, 07, somewhere okay. in there. Okay. When did you actually start? Well, I, I started doing stand-up in 97. Why well, was it that's officially, I mean, because I, 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 I dipped my toe in the water in like 94, but that was, uh, I, I quickly retreated. <laughs> Oh, no, not yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tell people the only thing I remember from that set was uh, uh, I would I don't even remember what I was talking about on stage. I just remember some guy in the back yelling, "Who cares?" And uh, that guy is still lives inside my head when I'm on stage. Every so, now in a blue, yeah. Because if I'm up there and I mean nobody's laughing for a while, I'm like the "Who cares?" guys. So, uh, so did you start in Ohio? Is that yeah? Yeah, I started. Well, I I was it, it was still finishing up college at Kent State. So, uh, I was between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, it ended up being mostly Pittsburgh because there was a club there. This, it, it was a funny bone that's not there anymore. Uh, it was, uh, I used to go there like Tuesday night open mics. Yeah. Uh, when I was, so it was like for the first like year and a half of doing stand up, it was just basically, it was pretty sparse. If I could get three or four sets in a month, you know, back then it was, I was doing well. That's and, key uh, for you guys too, right? To get as much time absolutely. on a mic, especially early on you as you can. You have to, because it, it, there's just no substitute for stage time as, as, a, as a comedian, because you just, uh, um, the more you go up there and more you make that, you know, the stage kind of your home, uh, it's just it's just important so that you're, yeah. you know, you're in your element, and uh, it's not going to be your element until you're used to it. And right. uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I did that for like, Year and a half, almost two years, and then I moved to L.A. in 99. So, yeah. Once you do that, that's like, okay, we're getting serious, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, it would, I, yes and no, I guess. I don't know, because like, I, I, I had a lot of friends back then, like the other comics and, you know, at the Pittsburgh Club especially, who were like, you know, oh, I want to, I want to, they'd always say, I want to hone my craft for a while, and then I'll go to L.A. And, you know, I, I didn't know this at the time. I just thought, like, for me, it was like, you know, I wanted to go to LA because it sounded like a um, a fun challenge and adventure, and plus I hated the idea of like trying to like uh, uh, I guess I guess uh, develop as a comedian too close to home because yeah. I didn't want anybody I knew coming to the show and watching me suck. Sure, so, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it was just like it just seemed like it was it, it, it seemed more attractive to go. You know what? I'm going to go to Los Angeles and then I don't have to feel bad about being surrounded by all my friends who like got real jobs and stuff, you know, cause <laughs> I, you know, I was, everybody else is a loser there too. So yeah, yeah, we're true. all just trying to, you know, we're just, we're just artists, you know, trying to, uh, uh pursue a dream. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it, but you know, going to LA as early as I did, I thought that was good. Cause I think, you know, it, I, I didn't have a chance to start to, to like develop any sort of, uh, like an ego or, or an expectation, you know, like, yeah. cause I saw a lot of guys You're surrounded like, by that though. Well, I mean, cause like a lot of guys would go to LA after drawing, you know, numbers out of a hat to get three minutes of stage time. You know, it's just not something you're going to want to do when you're 30, you know, whereas when I was, you know, 23, 24, yeah. I didn't care, you know, and, uh, yeah, you I, weren't married then. You had no kids. Right. I, you I, had a dog. I, I remember. I, I, you know, I didn't even have the dog yet. You didn't even so, have the dog. Yeah. I, okay. I had, 
I had a bunch of nothing. <laughs> so, uh, uh-huh. I was, uh, I just had a, I had a really good friend, uh, who, who moved out there with me. So I wasn't all by myself, which was really key for me. It was, uh, but I, you know, other than that, I had no ties. So what um, did he do or she, you know, he was just really just, uh, wanted to go out there to, you know, see what he could get into. He had graduated from college too. And, and he was just like, you know, heard you were going go and, and said, get a job. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Yeah. You know, honestly, it was his idea. And, uh, hmm. uh, you know, he brought it up and I remember he brought it up at the right time too. Cause I remember I was working a temp job, uh, for as, as seasonal Christmas help for Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> and I'd be there like 6 a.m. And I mean, I'm trying, it's dark and it's cold and it just hurts and I'm depressed. And, you and know, you're looking he, at pallets he, of fabric. You know, he called me and said, yeah, when are we going to LA? And I'm like, that sounds like a fantastic idea, sir. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really that, uh, that simple. So it was just like, all right, you know, save up some money and we'll go. We left, uh, like less than a year later. And, um, is yeah. he still there? He's not. He, he's moved around a few places. I think okay. he, he's, uh, right now he's in, uh, uh, DC area. So. Is he, uh, g- like a general manager at Joanne Fabrics now? Or? <laughs> no, he didn't work at Joanne Fabrics. Oh, gotcha. He was actually in Pittsburgh. He graduated from Duquesne and I, and we were just still best friends from like, you know, uh, uh, high school years. Sure. So, um, he just, uh, but it was really good that I had Timmy there to, you know, uh, uh, to lean on. Cap and Timmy, who was paying the bills? You know what? Timmy did a lot, man. I mean, he really did. Cause I, 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 um, you know, I didn't, <laughs> my grass cutting job, but didn't really, you know, I, I could barely get by on that. Plus, you know, uh, plus I had a lot of hours cut cause I was late all the time. And, uh, sure. you know, but I, I, you know, I, that, and I worked the door at the comedy store at night too. So, right. And so back that's... then, I don't know how they got away with it cause we didn't even get the comedy store at night too. So, right. And so back that's... then, I don't know how they got away with it cause we didn't even get paid by the hour. I got 25 bucks no matter how long I was there. <laughs> that was your nightly pay no matter My what. Nightly pay working the Did door. they know that you were a comic looking for stage time and you were store? working the door? Oh yeah, well, that's a requirement of the comic. It is. Yeah, 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 you okay. have to be a comedian who's, you know, you big you, enough to kick somebody's ass. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> they they had well, for a while there they had security that could do that, like other security besides, you know, us little weaklings at the door, but uh and then after a while, they got rid of him, and it was, I guess it was on us. But I'd shut up if you cops. came over and told me to shut up. I, you know what? I was I was fortunate enough. They put me at the back door of the, so I wasn't the guy like seating people in the original room, like where you. I did that a few times, like in the main room, but like on New Year's and things like that. But I I didn't have to do the you know I didn't have to do the front door stuff, which is usually the guy who would go tell people to shut up. I basically yeah. worked the back door, which is the back hallway. Oh, that's so, just take money for, and let people I in. I IDs for people who were going to the show upstairs. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, it was humiliating at times. I, I, I mean, I always tell me, like, I, I did a show one Friday night. Like I was, I would always change my shirt. Like, you know, so I wasn't in my uniform anymore. Sure. Like, and, uh, I, uh, I, I, I did a, it, there was a show going up in the belly room upstairs and I, I, you know, I, I, the guy or the, the woman running the show comes down to get me, says, you want to come up and do some time? I go up and, I had a great set. Like, I mean, I was floating when I come back downstairs. Yeah. And, uh, it's a Friday night. It was a great crowd. And I get on stage and I come back down and the, ma- the night manager's like, 
He's like, hey, Cap, are you done upstairs? Because the ladies' room toilet backed up, and it's flooding into the hallway right <laughs> How now. How demeaning so after that like, great he set. He gives me a mop, and I'm like, I have to, I'm mopping the hallway as the people who just watched me upstairs, like girls. Like, they're like they're walking by going, hey, you were really funny. Uh, and I'm like, thanks, that's that's not my pee yeah. you're walking through, but uh, <laughs> thank you. And it was, uh, it, it was it, it, it's one of those experiences that, you know, nobody's crazy enough to like it while it's happening but it's really really you know one that you're thankful you had after you've been through it yeah it really was important so that was the entree more so than doing anything you did on the road when you were in ohio yeah Yeah, i barely worked the road at all before you know i went to la it was you know it was just basically did you work for john yoder uh no you ever hear of him no oh he was the guy out of michigan that would Take comics, shove them in their car. They would drive like fourteen hours right. I to get paid a hundred dollars, like that. Did, did like in the in the Northwest and yeah. things like that. And I, fortunately, I never really went through that. Like I didn't really go work the road until uh, uh, like I I'd been on TV a little bit. Oh, okay. And then once I was on TV, it, you know, I, you know, it was kind of like, all right, well, I I should probably do this because <laughs> what was, was the tv debut for you tv debut was um uh the late late show with craig kilborn that's right uh, uh 2003 and uh it, it was um you know it, it it was it was it was really cool being on tv and having that video and everything. there was no youtube at the time or anything like that right. so it was like you know whoever was up watched it maybe if they had tivo or whatever at the time but you know it it just it, it was uh it, it was still like it was just cool to be on tv but i think um it wasn't until like chelsea lately and things like that that like and that was something you did a lot actually of. know me from sure. tv so yeah you didn't really take her crap did you I yeah mean, oh yeah <laughs> sure everybody did yeah okay as i recall i seem to i seem to remember you being kind of brave with her a little bit well and i remember thinking yeah go cap go maybe when the camera was on uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> I, I mean, no I, I, chelsea was always uh, really really cool to all of us as far as being liberal with her spotlight yeah she shared it with all of us and really that was such a like a fun way to be on tv versus you know like when i went on the tonight show it was such an honor to be on there but it still wasn't like as uh like spontaneous because yeah. you had to you had to rehearse you had to do the exact set that you had rehearsed for the producers a bunch of times before you go on. Yeah. And they're you know, it's it's it they have run a real tight ship. Whereas Chelsea show was a lot more loose and you know, hey, we're gonna talk about these topics. You have jokes for it, yeah, you go over them with them ahead of time, but if you think of something while you're out there, even better. And let it if, rip. if you start talking about something you know, maybe that you wanted to talk about, and she starts talking about how fat my neck is. Then I guess that joke's out the window, and yeah, I gotta can't, can't my do neck. that one. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, that show was uh, a whole lot of fun. Did you have? Was it Leno or was it Jimmy? Jimmy I, I was on when Leno was okay. uh, the host. Yeah, I was on. Uh, I did three times. I did stand up when Leno was hosting, and then uh, one other time I went on there and did like they had like a kind of like a a. a, a a panel, kind of like on Chelsea, like a roundtable panel of me and two other comedians uh, talking about different topics one time. So four times total on it tonight. Okay. Yeah. So you did it once with Jimmy or was all Jay? It was all Jay. All Jay. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever worked with Jimmy? No. No. You know, it's weird. After um, after a few times, like I, I did, uh, like the Tonight Show and things like that, I just, you know, I, I always had to sort of uh, censor myself and edit the way I usually do my stand-up. Because, sure. I mean, if you ever see my stand-up live, I, 
I like to cuss a lot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was uh, thinking. I go. I said. I know he's done radio before, but um, we'll see. I didn't yeah. know how good of a self editor you. Because now you're podcasting, and you can let it rip. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. the thing is, I've always been able to like. Okay, we're just having a conversation right yeah. now, and it's like, okay, we. I, you know, I, I can manage to talk with because I feel like if I were to cuss right now, it would be the type of thing that <laughs> it wouldn't help the comedy right now because it'd be right. like, hey, you're not supposed to do that. So. Sure. I can edit myself then, but it's like when I'm doing stand-up bits that I'm used to doing nightly at, at, at a club. You got to t- clean it up, yeah. bombs and things like that. Because those first few times, you look back and see, like, my first, like, Kilborn spot or whatever, like, you know, you can see, like, it's so, it's almost annoying how much I say the word all right. Because <laughs> I was trying to, like, fill in the spots where the customers Where the were, F-bombs are where, supposed where, to where, go. Yeah, I was just, because it's almost like trying to keep your balance you know, linguistically. So, uh, you know, you, you, you trip all over yourself when you're, I'm used to saying, you know, F in this or, you know, BS here, whatever, GD, can't do it. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's, it, you have to figure out something else to keep the rhythm the same way and the delivery the same way. Let's so, see. I got yeah. an example. Let's see if we can catch you saying, what'd you say? All right. All right. Yeah. All right, let's go. Here we have this problem. My cable went out like 10 weeks ago. <laughs> company doesn't care like really like i called him i'm like yeah i got fuzz can you do something well we can't come out tonight <laughs> we can come out on monday between 10 a.m and thursday you're gonna be home <laughs> yeah i'll probably be home but i don't have any tv do you see my problem well maybe it's not your cable then he asks you stupid questions is your tv plugged in i will f- stab you all right i swear to god i guess you didn't have to you didn't have to clean that up possums behind my TV. I wouldn't know it because I don't go back there. Yeah, I was going to turn it off with the remote, but then I thought, you know what? It might turn on by itself. So <laughs> I thought I'd go ahead and unplug it to quell that storm. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm retarded. I don't know if I mentioned that when I called. <laughs> I got to go to my friend's house. Yeah, it was okay. TV. You ever, dude, I go to my friend's All my friends do is watch porn. <laughs> what is it with guys? I'm all for porn, but don't share it. <laughs> My friend's like, dude, I got this killer new porn. You want to watch it? <laughs> Not together, really. That's, uh, that's, that's weird, dude. What's that going to do for our relationship? I don't, and, now, would this be, would this be right akin, uh, John, to, to like a musician who had a record out 10 years ago and then hears it being played on the radio? If you hear a bit like that, do you, do you immediately conjure up where you were, what you're thinking, what you're doing? Or is it like, wow, I forgot I ever did that? Some of it you forget you ever did it, uh, you know, because it's weird because, it, you know, I'll have people come to my shows who are like, you know, have been fans for a long time or whatever. And they'll, they'll, you know, either they'll want me to do a certain bit that I did back then or, or it's they, like playing you know, Freebird. Right. And, and it, but it's, it's not because it's not music where it's like, you know, I mean, no matter how much you love it. It's not going to be the same because it's not going to hit you the same. It is, and I'm not going to deliver it knowing, especially knowing that you already know it. It just feels stupid because it's like, (laughs) why am I going to tell you this story that you already know the outcome Uh, to? It it just feels weird. So I, I, uh, you know, but a lot of it, yeah, it's like I don't, uh, I don't remember because it's like, you know, I don't watch it. Like it's not like I sit around sit around in my house watching me. Yeah, right. uh, So I'll forget a lot of it, and it's funny because like. You know, my second special, my second hour special I did, like, I was thinking about, like, the closer I did about, uh, uh, tandem skydiving. And I mean, I used to close my set probably for about three or four years straight with that bit. Yeah. And I got to the point where I was, I was so sick of that bit. But 
now I couldn't, I probably couldn't do it if you asked Even me if to. you wanted to. Because I, I don't remember all the, like, the beats. I remember the story, but I don't remember all, like, the little punchlines and stuff like that I had back then because sure. I haven't done it in so long and I, I can't bear to watch myself. So. You, um, I love to laugh and you make me hurt, okay? Because <laughs> you'll hit me, I start to go, then you get me again before I've even caught my breath. Yeah. You're really good at that sort of rapid fire, thought upon thought upon thought. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that that is such a skill set that you have. It's, it's I mean, always been, I mean, that was the way I always, you know, uh, thought of comedy myself and all the, all the, you know, the guys that, you know, uh, I guess I looked up to and, and you know, it was, it was just a, uh, uh, it, it was the it was the way that I could go on stage and make myself feel the most comfortable, you know. Yeah. The who cares, guy would be back there yelling if I didn't if I wasn't getting those rapid fire laughs and make you know having people doubled over sure. with, with hysterics because if they didn't, then you know it got too quiet and it got too uh, you know what am I doing here? <laughs> so, Somebody yeah. described you as and you tell me whether you agree with this or not. You are a comics comic like the comedians that are working with you don't leave like they stick around and watch your set because they enjoy you and the way you sort of you, you're i hate to use the word craft because that sounds well, you know. it's, a, it's a craft and I, you know I, I would love it if that's true i don't i don't know yeah well no i've heard i've heard I, that you know i i i mean i've i've you know i've heard people say that before but i you know i don't know i, I just this weekend i got oh you're having cap on yeah. this is three different comedians yeah. who i guarantee you are listening right now oh <laughs> You know, yeah, they're going to yeah. steal everything, but that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but you don't look at yourself that way. Well, I don't I, No, I mean, I, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, I mean, when I look back, like when, from the time when I started comedy, you know, you're just, you're just hoping that like, you know, that, that you can like, I guess not embarrass yourself, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I hope I'm as good as, you know, my friends and my family have thought I would be all well, the people who said, you know, like. You know, you should be a comedian. You know, you're really funny. And it's like, you know, but when you first go up there and the first time you do it, it's it's not that easy. And right. it's like, you know. Frightening, in fact. It, right. And, yeah. and, but it's like, you know, you hope you can, you know, reasonably live up to those expectations. But it's like, you know, and I feel like I've gotten to a point where, yeah, I, I think I've, I've ended up being pretty good at this. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I ever have gotten to the point where. You know, before I go on on a given night that I think like, oh, I got this figured out, you know, like. Well, they say I, it's always good to have some butterflies, right? Yeah. Well, you I think you should because, I mean, if, if you don't care enough to have butterflies, then what are you doing? Yeah. You know, because it, it's not it shouldn't be that easy to go up in front of a room full of strangers and try to make them laugh. Right. It should bring you some sort of anxiety. And it's just whether or not you're able to sort of synthesize that anxiety into some funny. Uh -huh. And I, I've managed to do that, I guess, over the course of my career. Um, but do I, I, you know, when I listen to th that clip that we just listened to, I just, you know, I, I've, I've always thought like, man, it, it's, it's never as good as it was when you performed it. It, you know, like when I remember that, that first Killborn, uh, spot I did, I, you know, I thought I killed it. I thought I had a great set. And I remember I watched it that night and I, it was just a letdown. I'm like, oh. It's oh, but you were just being tough around. on yourself. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, as, you're just, you're never going to be like as satisfied with yourself, or at least I'm not, like to, to watch back or like look back at what you've done or anything like that and go, oh man, that was great. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I, I think it goes with the territory of being sort of neurotic and, and self deprecating and things like that. It's like, you know, I'm, I, I think it's awesome that there are people who are, 
who like what I do and are fans of what I do, but man, I, you know, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I look at it like, ah, you could probably find something better to do. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you're selling yourself short. Yeah. How many hours a week do you write, do you think? Um, you know what? That's the thing is like, for, for me, it's, uh. Does it come in bunches? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just, it's always been like that for me where I, you know, I'm, I have to have sort of some adrenaline going. So a lot of times it's like, I've written a lot of stuff. Whether it's been on stage or just before I go on, you know, like, cause I sort of like finally, you know, have that moment with my own brain trying to go over this, that, and the other thing about what I want to talk about. And like when I have that adrenaline, that sort of nervousness before you go on stage, that's when it starts to sort of kick in and like little punchlines will go through my head and things like that. Yeah, but you can't, you can't use that. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Really? Usually a lot of times it's like, you know, I, you know, that's wow. I started doing because I started doing the series uh, that I've done online caplets uh, where, you know, I, I it, it was like, all right, I'm going to do new stuff every 30 days yeah. and uh, record a new set of it. It's like a lot of times it's like most of those were like I wrote it in the car on the way. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it, and you could tell on a lot of them. But, uh, I, you know, it's it's like it just would uh, I'm terrible, especially when it comes to my stand up. I'm terrible at like saying, OK, I'm going to sit down and write. You know, yeah. and, and try to come up with too a, much yeah. of a discipline. It is. It's just like because my the way my delivery is and the way I do stand up, it it is more sort of uh, observational and riffing. Yeah, it yeah. just it just sort of like has to come out in a natural way, and then when it comes out the right way, it's like okay, try to recapture that and 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 you know sort of mold it and and smooth it out. Do you write it down? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I always write it, like, ever since I've had, like, a, you know, with the smartphone thing, it's like I've had a thing in my pocket all the time. That Talk into your phone. Jot down, uh, you know, like a, a, a topic heading or something like that. Like, but yep. if I actually try to, like, write it out word for word. Forget it. Man, it's, I, you know, it, first of all, it's like if I try to repeat that and recite it, I feel like it doesn't sound right. If the audience can smell it. They're like, what do you. <laughs> but you probably just hit on why the comics like you so much. I think maybe there's. There's, they see that, that you can do that and they can't. And so they're trying to glean from you what that is. That's a, maybe it's a yeah, way to that, work, that, I think. That's, uh, and that's, I don't, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad I have that skill, but a lot of times I, you know, there are times before I go on stage or before I have a big show or something like that that I'm like, you know, I wish I wasn't that way. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I was able to do more homework so that, when, you know, I arrived there, I wasn't so sort of stressed out going, man, <laughs> you, you, why didn't you work on this? Or, you know, why, why didn't you actually, you know, do, and it's, it's because I can't, you know, because it doesn't, doesn't come out the same way, I guess, but yeah, it just, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I've, I've, you know, I've had some, I guess, natural skills that have really lent themselves to, uh, you know, being successful. And you do it well. Yeah. Who, who did, uh, who did you look up to? Who were the, who are the comics for you growing up where you were like, Oh, if I could ever get to that level, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. and maybe they weren't even super successful, but they made yeah, you laugh. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, growing up, I was, uh, the first guy for me was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I, I mean, rock star. Yeah. He really was. Cause it, I mean, my dad had Richard Pryor albums and I remember him, you know, listening, I mean, on vinyl, you know, like we were, I remember him like, yeah, I was like four, probably four or five listening to, you know, a couple of those albums with him and, you know, my mom wasn't that happy about him bet. letting me listen to that with him. But, you know, I, I liked Richard Pryor, but like, uh, you know, when I remember when Eddie Murphy was on Saturday Night Live, I remember we used to, 
you know, stay up on Saturday or when we got our first VCR, we used to tape it. Memorize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved, you know, everything that was Eddie Murphy on there. And then, uh, you know, I remember my dad taking me to see Beverly Hills Cop. You know, like like, when I was nine. The first one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I remember he and my mom went and saw it ahead of time to like, well, let's make sure it's okay. And I don't know what they could have possibly been looking for. How many f bombs flew? Without, yeah, with all yeah. The, the the foul language, violence, and the nudity in that movie. Sure. It's like, what would you have seen to actually make you go? Now you can't go see that. But um, it was. Uh, but yeah, Dad I mean, was going to take you anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. But I was such a big fan of Eddie Murphy. He was such like he was. A, he was like a superhero to me. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then uh, when I remember when I rented Delirious. For this first time, and watch that, you know, just watching a guy talk about his life and his childhood in front of this audience, and it just looked so fun. Yeah. It looked like such such an awesome power that he had to like, hey, come come join me on this little journey through my past or whatever, and and you know, is that I, what I, lit it for you? Is that what made you say, yeah, I, yeah I'm going to be a comedian? Delirious was yeah. uh, was really it because yeah. I, I I just. It was just so. I remember watching it, rewatching it. I just thought it was the greatest thing I ever saw. Yeah. And um, you know, and then later on, I, I remember that was, uh, you know I got into uh, um, Sam Kinison. Uh, like probably when I was into like high school, I I remember you know I got his uh, albums on on cassette tape. He was like yeah. the kiss of comedy. Was, I think. I mean, he was just boys loved him. Thirteen to sixteen year old boys. Yeah. Because yeah. he was doing, he was screaming, right. and swearing. It, 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 it seemed yeah. so. Pri- it was primal. It was very really, primal. Really primal. Yeah. And, and like when you talk about like my sort of thing with the you know rapid fire tags and punchlines and uh-huh. things like that, I feel like you know guys like him are because he just had this ability to to once he hit that sort of wave that crest at the top of his like with his punchline and just rode it yep. and was just and it was screaming because the scream voice that he had is kind of like you know. I mean, like when people say I have a funny voice, you know, it's kind of like what I've been able to use as my instrument to sort of, you know, like I said, synthesize some funny that just, you know, comes out rapid. Plus, if like we that. hear you, we know it's you. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, that's Caparulo. Yeah. You just right. know because the voice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I just I uh, I love Sam Kinison. I was a I was a big uh, uh, at the same time. I know they hated each other, but Dice Clay, too, because Andrew Dice Clay was huge. In you know eighty nine ninety yeah. you know around then and uh, you're still a teenage boy at this point. Of course, I was yeah. a target audience right there. I mean, yeah, yeah it was uh, you know and and so I was I, I big fan of him. And then Def Comedy Jam came out around then, oh, so I yeah. kept seeing you know guys like Eddie Griffin and and uh, you know Chris Rock and uh, Martin Lawrence was the host. And it was like these guys were it's a great so time for comedy. Funny, yeah, and yeah. it was just like it just watching these guys and it was just you know. I mean, because I wasn't like, you know, I, I, by then I had pretty much accepted that I wasn't going to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, watching these guys be able to do. Did you, wait, did. did you try? I, did you yeah, played sports? I, mean, I, I tried. I mean, by the end of middle school, I was pretty much a given that I wasn't going to be in any organized sports. Okay. So I, uh, I mean, I, I was, I, I, I was a big football fan as a kid. My mom always forgot to get the permission slips because I was so small. Um, I, I didn't grow into my fat self till I was 30, but I, uh, oh, okay. um, you were a little guy. I, I was always very, very small. Yeah. And, uh, and then same thing. Like I fell in love with basketball around fifth grade and you know, I, you're in Ohio, <laughs> I, man. I, I, no yeah, way. It wasn't happening. Uh-uh. And, uh, so, 
I uh, <laughs> right. I, I played four years of organized basketball. It was literally the last minute of our last game. I was in during garbage time that yeah. I got a layup, and it was the only time I did. You make it four years? Yeah. Oh, good yeah, for you. Just, so I averaged a half a point a year. <laughs> But I, uh, um, but I, I, you know, I was, uh, then I got into like martial arts early in high school. It's just, you know, see, I told you, you could, you'd make me sit, shut up at the club. You got that look about you. (laughs) That's not on purpose. But, uh, but but yeah, so I, I, but like I said, it was just by the, you know, the time I was in high school, it was like watching, uh, those guys like on Def Jam and things like that. Remember they used to have like HBO's half hour comedy hour every month. They'd have a new guy. And, uh, um, you know, just watch. Was Rodney's people. thing still on or was that over with by then? Rodney Dangerfield special. Yeah, his young that comedians. A, that was the first place I saw Dice. Yeah. You know, cause I remember my, my, we didn't have HBO, like, cause my parents wouldn't pay for it at the time. And my, one of my best friends, he was one of those, it was one of those households that, like, they didn't have milk, <laughs> but they had HBO, they had HBO Showtime, <laughs> Cinemax. And, They're uh, climbing the right, pole. And, uh, they, but they had, uh, I remember he, he had, he like taped the, uh, Dangerfield special. And we I think Kinnison came off over of that and over. too. He was on the one before that. Yeah. And I hadn't seen that one until later. I've, I've seen it since, but, yeah. uh, the first time I saw Kinnison was actually his, uh, his first full on HBO special. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I saw um, him on tour with Pauly Shore. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Cause he, he used Peak to take Pauly with him. Yeah. 1990 hairbands yeah. and mm-hmm. that yeah. comedy, man. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I, the first, yeah, the first time I saw Kenderson was that, uh, that first special where he did, uh, like at the end of it, he did the piano thing uh-huh. where he was playing the piano. It was like, builds up this whole love story and I want to sing this song and then just starts just rips her screaming apart. Of it. Yeah. And it was just, uh, it was so funny, especially to a, you know, to a 14 year old kid. I'm I mean, saying was he hilarious. was like the kiss of comedy. Of course. And, yeah. uh, you know, so and Dice I, too. I, I, and Dice was, I mean, they were just, they were really, yeah, it was that, and I remember at that age when all the people were complaining about Dice and women's groups and things like that, yeah. I had no frame of reference because I was just like, what? It's just a joke. Who cares? Sure. But later on, I realized like, ah, yeah, I can see how people would have a problem. Now you get that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but you know. It, I wrote a uh, rhyme for him and submitted it through his record company. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we were, I was in music radio. So we got serviced with the Andrew Dice Clay album like we could have ever played it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause the whole thing was beeped. Right. Uh, right. but I love the nursery rhymes. Yeah. Of course. So I wrote one of those for him and I sent it to, through the label to his manager and I got a polite note back saying, uh, thank you, but no thank you. Right. 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 You know, right. but I thought it was pretty good. It was Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Mm-hmm. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men said, Hey, who wants an omelet <laughs> with an F bomb in the middle? Right. Right. It was I, too cerebral. Yeah. You had to yeah, think right, about right, that. Right. Wait a minute. It's an egg. It got cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah he, uh, this is why well, actually, we do radio, John. <laughs> for me, I, uh, funny enough, like when Dice had, uh, I think it was actually his first album, the first, the, the black one that just said Dice. Dice. On it. Yes. Yeah. I think it was that one. I don't think it was the next one, the day the laughter died. Cause I remember I got that, like, you know, I don't know why the record store sold these things to me. I was only just 15 or sure. whatever, but. Probably got um, some cigarettes. Too. Yeah, I don't know, but they, they, um, I remember I, I actually joined his fan club. I didn't even know he had a fan I, right, club. Right. It was on the inside cover of the thing. And I, and see, he didn't even know either. Cause I, years later I met him, you know, I was a, it was, I think it was when I was still a, a doorman at the store, you know, and I, um, you know, and my mom sent it to me. Like she said, whatever it was like, a they sent you a letter, you know, thank you for joining the Andrew Dice Clay fan yeah. club. And, there was probably a sticker and a button or some something like that. Cause I remember like whatever it was, uh, you know, my mom sent it out to me in LA and I, I took it over to him and I showed it to him at the comedy store and he laughed and he's like, 
I've said, never this seen looks this. Like, he's like, this looks like something, probably my buddies or something just put that in there to make himself some money. He's like, so he signed it. He's it like, we took a picture together and he signed it. It's like, you know, uh, like, uh, dear John, thanks for buying things. <laughs> I said, it was like, I mean, cause he's actually a really nice guy, but he didn't know I mean, that that even existed at all. Wow. He had no idea. And, uh, yeah, I probably sent in, uh, you know, 10 or $15 to join the club and yeah. Who knows yeah, who got no that? No idea money. what I got out of that. But I actually went. So he was the first actually live uh, concert I went to too. Like I went saw him. I was. Uh, he was also when I was fifteen. He performed at uh, an amphitheater in Pittsburgh. Okay. And uh, um, you know, I I ended up. I had a, my sister and her uh, uh, boyfriend at the at the time. They you know they were older, so they I was able to go with them. And uh, yeah, it yeah. was uh, it, it was awesome. Watch. I mean, because we we didn't have seats up close. We were kind of far back and he's at an amphitheater doing comedy it was pretty uh and that's before they had the big huge screen so yeah. he looked like an ant I'm yeah sure. yeah he did i mean and it was andrew it was, dice it was, ant yeah and now you were in the indian sorry guardians it's, cap. A, it's my own hat actually it's a it's, oh. a, it's oh. a cap hat yeah I oh just, a I cap just, cap i borrowed the the a seed that looks like there's, it does there's, uh, so i thought it was the guardians okay because i wanted there. to ask you about that how it, do you it is it, it's uh i used to wear indians hats a lot uh because they used to have the one with the white C. Yeah. And, uh, um, they don't, I don't think they have that one anymore because I was trying to buy new ones. It's red now. And yeah, yeah. They, they always had the red one, but it was like they always, they, I couldn't find the white C anymore. So we just started making them and the cap, yeah, cap. We, they, we sell them on the website and stuff because they actually have my logo. How on much the are they? They're, 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 I, I, you have to ask my wife. I think they're like 30 bucks or There's something. There's a kid listening right now who's the same as you were with the <laughs> Andrew. Andrew Dice Clay fan club that wants a cap cap. <laughs> well, I'm at least aware of that. I'll yeah, give you we, 10 we bucks sell, for that one. If we, you... sell, we sell my hat. We sell my comic books. We sell. Now, uh, I want to talk to you about the comic like that, books. Yeah. I want to talk to you about the Vegas residency. I want to talk to you about being married and baby and all of that. Of course. But we got to take a, a break and then yeah. we'll come back. You got time though? Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. John Caparolo's here. Uh, sorry for the weirdness at the beginning of the show. We're going to get. <laughs> Get the stupid uh, headphone thing fixed, hopefully. And we're going to take a break. We'll be right back here. Hi there. This is Kirby Schofield of Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market. At Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex Partnership roughly about two years ago. Due to our consistent conversion and customer service Scores. With conversion, that means we can close. And with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. Kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U.com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Hey, listen to this. Share Life Vacations has a special treat for you. It's a free three-day, two-night getaway to either magical Orlando or exciting Las Vegas. It's your choice. Absolutely no strings attached. Share Life will also include a second vacation to your choice of over 30 additional popular resort destinations. Now, we can't give everyone a fantastic prize package like this, so to make it fair, we're going to ask you a trivia question. You get it right, you'll win it all. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. 
This movie is about a British Secret Service agent who is frozen in time in the 1960s. Was that movie Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? Press 1. Diamonds are forever. Press 2. Lethal Weapon. Press 3. Got it? Well, then call 855-301-8586. 855-301-8586. That's 855-301-8586. My name is Michael Stefanski, and I am the owner and founder of Sin City Custom Suits. Custom clothing concierge. I help gentlemen get into clothes that fit them like they're supposed to, that they pick out themselves, and we craft together. 600 different suit fabrics to pick from, about 40 measurements to make sure the suit's going to fit you right. Then we decide, do you want two buttons on the front, three buttons on the front, how many on the sleeve, you want like a custom photo lining for the inside of your jacket, any number of different things that you can think of. This is all about what do you want? And and when you ask guys, what do you want? They don't know because they've never given been given the option before. Because I help men look as absolute best as they can. It's transforming people's lives. If you've never had a suit that fits you right, you have no idea how much confidence it gives you. That's the important part. Seven 702-767-2478. Instagram at custom suit guy, SinCityCustomSuits.com. Hi, I'm Sheldon, the owner of Solid Motor Cars. I've spent over 30 years in the retail car business. It is all about the vehicles, but more than that, it's about the people. And my team and I are proud to bring to you what we believe is the finest experience in buying a pre-owned car. With great credit, we can get super low interest rates. But if you've had some challenges, we're experts in that field, and we can get almost anybody approved. Come down to Solid Motor Cars and take a look at our vehicles. They come with a six-month, 6,000-mile warranty. So when you get a vehicle from Solid Motor Cars, you can feel confident that that vehicle is a quality, properly reconditioned vehicle that will serve you and your family for years to come. So for all your automotive needs, whether it's a new car, truck, or SUV, or if it's repairs, service, and maintenance, solid wheels, solid deals, solid people. Coming down to meet the crew, my name's Sheldon. I'm the owner here. I'd love to help you any way that I can. 3024 East Fremont Street, 702-820-1444. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. Well, well, well. John Caparulo, Cap, our guest here for the hour, and we've almost burned through the entire hour, and i got like 80 million questions left. We might have to, we might have to do a two-parter now. You're probably all hip to that now because you're, you're a podcast guy, right? I, well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, everybody is to some degree, I guess, these days, right? Right. So how do you feel about that? I mean, do you like it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, um, you know, I've, I've done a few, like, uh, different iterations of podcast attempts and things like that. Um, but I never really felt like I, um, um, you know, found the right sort of, I don't know. It, it, I, I just never felt like I did something that, stood out from anything else that anybody else did. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, like we were talking about the comic book. I was trying to work on an animated series and stuff like that for a while. And I just always felt like doing a podcast or I was just, I'd kind of just be following the herd. Were you so, doing it just to do it? Yeah. I, I felt like I was in some, in some ways, but, uh, Blatheria. You know, but recently, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the other, uh, comedians, uh, uh, at, uh, I go to, I started going to wise guys about a year ago. Uh, here in Vegas to, to, uh, shoot my like little caplets, things like that. And also work on some, you know, work on some, some stand up that wasn't, you know, at a, when I wasn't headlining or things like that. I just wanted to be back in a lineup of comics again and really uh, feel like I was working out again. Yeah. Cause it really does 
that really matters a lot to kind of just get yourself back into the because I felt like I, I stopped writing as much, like especially once I did the, the residency show at Harris and stuff like that. I was doing at one point 2019, I was doing six nights a week with no opener. And Oof. I'm like, I, you know, and these are just, 75 minute sets, right? Yeah, about 65. Yeah, okay. but it's, it's a while. And it's and I just felt like I had gotten into sort of a Groundhog Day thing where I just didn't. I just, I just wasn't, uh, my, my, I guess the inspiration to write and things like that were just kind of, uh, they kind of got sort of dulled, I guess. And I, I wasn't writing and working on as much stuff in that format and wasn't doing anything else really as far as shows. I was doing six nights a week. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, it was good for me, like after, you know, all the crap with COVID and everything like that, that kind of, you know, scattered everybody's you know business to the wind uh, you know when we started to regroup and everything i just i i really felt like it was really helpful for me and still is to go to a place like wise guys because it's the only freestanding comedy club in vegas where it's not a casino or anything like that right. and there you know it's it i was just able to go there and feel like I, like i did at the comedy store you know working out comedy you know just doing a new set do of, you always headline you know like 10 minutes or whatever at the at wise guys yeah no, no, this no. one, I'm talking about like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Well, not Tuesdays now because I go to the Kimmel Club, but, uh, uh, Wednesdays I go into Wise Guys and, you know, still run a, like a, you know, eight to 10 minute set of just some whatever, some new stuff, some other stuff that I'm trying to work on. And, so the need yeah. to do that doesn't go away. No, no matter, it, no matter it doesn't go, it can't how go successful away. you get. Probably you don't stay that successful if you, Stop doing no, that. No, I, you know, when I was, uh, when I was a doorman at the store and I used to watch guys like, you know, uh, like Chris Rock. Uh, yeah, I remember watching Chris Rock. We were talking about this on another, uh, thing that I, I did recently where we were like when Chris Rock got his first chance to host the Oscars. Yeah. And, you know, he had to begin that night with a, he had an 11 minute set that he had to get worked on for that show. And we all at the comedy store watched him come in night after night after night working on that set. On that set. And this is a guy who's been, who's reached the pinnacle of success and said, you yes. can't really get much better than Chris Rock's career. Correct. And, uh, so he really didn't need to do any better than he already did, but he was still, he still had that hunger and he still would come in otherwise, but it was just watching him craft that set together, it was really impressive yeah. for a lot of us, like just young comics, old comics, whoever, just to watch a guy like that who was a master at it be able to still have that sort of drive. And, uh, but it's, it, it, yeah, it's the same for me where it's like, I need to still feel like I'm in that mix and, and putting my comedy in a lineup, you know, of other comics just to, you know, stay sharp and to still keep myself creating and writing so I don't stagnate. you know. Because it would be easy to do that, right? It's very easy to do that. I mean, is, you've yeah. achieved quite a bit of success. So tell me about the uh, <laughs> the comic book, because that, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, for me, it was like uh, the original idea came up because I I, uh, I wanted to do – I've always loved animated shows. I can't draw, which makes that really difficult. But I, uh, <laughs> um, I, I just – I love, like, The Simpsons and – uh, Family Guy and, and South Park and, you know, all those like King of the Hill and all those like really sure. funny, uh, animated shows. Cause I feel like you can take the comedy and go wherever you want to with it. Like you can, like I love exaggerating things and making things just really ridiculous. And that's what you can do on an animated show. And I, uh, you know, and at the same time, my wife had got me to watch, uh, Louie's show on FX. And, uh, you know, this is about 10 years ago, I guess. So, and, uh, you know, 
I just thought, man, that was, I was just so impressed because I'd never watched live action shows at all. Right. I was just so impressed with how he was able to take like, cause I, you know, I went through development and things like that at Fox and they were trying to make shows out of my stand up and, you know, it was always like, it just always felt really contrived because really, it was like never accurate. Everybody loves Raymond. Right. Yes. Cause I mean, and sometimes like in that situation, it worked, right. of course. But it's like, for me, you know, they were trying to basically take, you know, I used to do a bit about working at a golf course and like they would try to, they were trying to take that and turn that into a show. But the thing is they were trying, they were adding characters that weren't really part of my life, anything like that. So it never really felt organic and we never even shot a pilot. That's how I think that's what home improvement started off doing. Right. Tim Allen put his foot down and said, this doesn't expand beyond this because you're taking me too far away from my comedy. Right. And, and you know, like, or like Roseanne, like she was able to, I mean, same thing where it was like, she was able to capture her stand up like that. And I, for me, it just didn't, none of it felt like right. And so then years later, I was just like, you know, I just, it finally hit me where I'm like, I would, I really want to do, you know, a cartoon. And I wanted to, so my idea, and it still is, like, I still would love to do it, but I, I mean, the I, the show is called Cartoon Comic. Basically, I wanted to turn myself into a cartoon where it was like, I, you know, put myself as, you know, as the main character, you know, uh, and my main character, he's a stand-up, he's a comedian, and uh, he does, you know, like, so then I could basically do all my, you know, all my stand-up would basically be animated, you know, so like, I could record a show and then we'd make an animated version of it and... You know, we could end up putting out specials and things like that. And, you know, me on TV would basically be a cartoon character. Yeah. And, and, you know, where cartoon characters are great because they're Teflon. They can do so much. Cause I mean, as, as, you know, political correctness and things like that, we're starting to, you know, eat in on and still are eating their way into a lot of our, uh, you know, a lot of the areas we can go into as comedians. They'll cancel you, man. Cartoon or they'll try. Cartoon character can get away with a lot more and yeah. can, can push the envelope a lot more and, I just, I thought that would be such a great way to go as, you know, with my comedy. So that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to make a, a, an animated series, uh, uh, you know, and I was writing scripts and things like that, trying to get, you know, trying to get different people to, uh, to, to, you know, help me, animation houses, things like that. And in that process, a friend of mine was like, why don't you uh, write it as a comic book? And then, you know, in the meantime, until we can maybe get the animated series going. So... I, I wrote, I wrote five issues of a comic book, uh, um, a, a, that, that I, you know, like sell after shows or on my website, which, you know, they're, they're okay. You know, they're, they're pretty cool. I would imagine there'd be a whole and, section of your fans that just dig that completely because they're into comic books. Right. I, I mean, you know, the ones, that, the ones that like to read, I guess, <laughs> which I can understand not one to, but, uh, I, you know, it was, uh, it, it was cool because it was, you know, I basically made it, you know, a little, uh, um, you know, it, it stories basically, you know, around me, my wife, my daughter, our two talking dogs. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was fun. I, I think that looking back, cause I haven't written another issue in a few years now. And, uh, I feel like, um, you got a lot I, of material back into it. I feel like I might sort of rearrange the approach. So I don't know. I, I, I still want the idea of doing an animated show and still doing the comic book still interests me. I just, I think I want to um, adjust my approach on it. Maybe okay. Bit, so. And you're, uh, as far as your residency here, you got, we are talking about that. You got COVIDed out of that, just yeah, like I did my yeah. radio gig. Yeah. yeah. Um, coming back though, there was nothing going to keep you away from it as soon as you had the opera opportunity to do it. But the residency that you had, mm-hmm. you didn't have that anymore. Right. So, 
how are you approaching now what you're doing at Kimmel's? Well, yeah, it's it's great the way it is at Kimmel's. I mean, it's uh, um, you know because I, I just I do one I do one Thursday a month. I do every Tuesday at nine thirty, and uh, um, you know it's it's awesome because it's like I mean that club sort of has you know it has built in notoriety anyway because it's a Kimmel club, and right. then um, you know so that it, it's it's uh, it's it's awesome. I mean the uh, the number of people we have coming in is really great compared to. You know, what I had when I was doing the Harris thing, because I, you know, we, we did okay. We were doing better. We were, I think we were doing, on our way to doing something pretty good. And we, when COVID hit, so mm-hmm. it was kind of a letdown that we were, we almost got to where we wanted to be. I said it, but, the same thing. I'm yeah. like, man, I'm just getting this. Yeah. So, and then boom. But, but with the Kimmel thing, it's just, it's been great. Cause it's like, you know, I, I do, I do, uh, you know, every Tuesday night and then I go on the road. You know, over the weekend, and uh, it's it's, uh, it's perfect. It's been yeah, it's really it's a great setup. Because so, yeah. I mean, I would imagine. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that the bigger road money is on the weekends. Absolutely, yeah. Of course. You, now, do you do the thing where you go in and you do like a two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, yeah, and then yeah. one usually on Sunday? Like, usually, it's like one Thursday and then two Friday, two Saturday, or Oof. sometimes just Friday, Saturday. Which, okay. Yes, but uh, but yeah, so it's a perfect setup for me. Yeah, I've always been. Uh, I don't know if the word is perplexed by, but just, I guess, uh, curious about how it is that when you're really, you're on stage for hour, hour and a half a night, mm-hmm. right? Um, the rest of the day. Okay. Okay. What are you doing? Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of comics who would answer that and say, well, I watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, but you're, you're in a, you're in Omaha and you're doing the funny bone. What do you do the rest so you're of the day? About when I'm on the road, yeah, when you're on, the, on road. the road, I, you know, I really, um, I, I just, uh, I, I feel like I just, I, I store myself in the hotel room. It's like I just basically, it's like, uh, it's just like my little, uh, you know, cave. Just my, yeah, it is. Like I really don't do anything when I'm on the road because I never. I'm always like trying to catch up on sleep when I get there, and mm-hmm. then uh, plus I play, you know, I play a lot of video games on my iPad. And, uh, like, <laughs> I'm in a league on Madden. A so league. I, I, so I'm like, say, so, you know, like, I'm just doing, that's sort of like, it's my golf. You know, like a sure. lot of guys play golf. I played Madden on, uh, on, on my iPad. So it's I, sick now. That, that now you, some, you it, can do like the all time teams. You can bring in people from 25 years ago. You're building, yeah. You're you building, draft yeah, your own team. My, my team's pretty sweet. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's a, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, you're building your team constantly and you're, and you're spending the money to build your team too, which is great for them. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, but you know, and then you're in a league with, uh, you know, 15 other guys and you play another league every day. So sure. you have a matchup and, you know, we're, we're always somewhere in the top 25 is usually where we're ranked. So you just so answered my question, which is you really don't do a whole lot. Really. I don't do much yeah. at all. I mean, and, and it's, it's basically the same at home. I mean, I just, you know, I like to stay, as much as I can stay in the house. I'm happy. Uh-huh. I go do my shows. How's Jamie with I that? I stop it. She's great with it now because we, you know, she, uh, you know, especially now that like because the first couple of years we had our daughter and our daughter uh, needed my wife to live as in because <laughs> she breast to do everything. So yeah. yeah, I mean, once that ended, it was like it became you know really easy to fifty fifty parent. So you know, my wife can go do her stuff that she wants to go do, whether it's go do her. Pilates or rider horse or anything like that. That's five for it. And then, you know, she has a horse. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, she, we, we, we have a horse. She you, has a horse. Do you visit horse, the horse? Yes. 
I visit him. I, she's always mad that I don't want to ride him, but I'm like, me and him are cool with me on the ground. You're good at that. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to, you know, he doesn't need my fat butt on his back. He's fine. And uh, so he's, we're, he we're, thanks you. Yeah, man, we're cool like that. So, yeah, we have, and plus we have enough animals at home to take care of too. So, oh, I, uh, I, yeah, I just basically, I love, uh, my ideal day is, you know, I'm hanging out with my daughter. We, you know, we're playing video games and watching TV and we have a good time. How old is she now? She's seven. Seven years old. Yeah. Good being a dad, huh? It's the best thing in the world. Hey, John, will you come back? Because this went by way too quick for me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I would love to have you back. And the fact that you're you're here Tuesday nights. Yeah. yeah Tuesday Kimmel's. nights at 930, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. Come on down. Uh, um, we have, uh, I usually have a couple of, uh, I have Brian uh, with my co-host on Blatheria. And uh, Killing Crickets is also a podcast that's coming out soon. But uh yeah, he's uh, he's with me. We usually have another uh, comic in the middle of us, and uh, and then one Thursday a month also at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. Awesome! Come, uh, come check us out, man. We have a great show. And the website, uh, JohnCaparulo.com. Okay, and you can find him everywhere at John, John Caparulo. If you can spell John Caparulo, you're good. Man. You'll get it. <laughs> I got to get a cap cap too, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for being here. Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. Hey, what's Dooski? It's our Tuski. And uh, we have an interview with a guy named Michael coming up, and that'll be followed by some conversation with a guy named Michael. And then we're going to wrap up the show with uh, maybe another mystery Michael. Could we indeed hit the Michael trifecta? I don't know, but we're certainly going to try. Uh, this guy you met about a week or so ago for the first time. We call him the working actor because that's what he does. I mean, uh, at least he tries to make a living doing doing just that. I think that's called being a thespian. Isn't that the uh, is that is that the exact? I think so. The title thespian, which is which is hard to say. Uh, Michael Goyaneci, who is uh, I think with us. All I see is red. I see a red background. I see uh, a red door, and I want to paint it, Michael. Yeah, I can't. Right, I'm gonna go to the. I'm gonna go to the iPhone. I'm gonna go to the iPhone and see if I get a better connection there. I don't all know right. why you can't see me here, bro. No, Sorry, all I live. see is red, just a big sea of red. Uh, but that's okay. So Michael is a uh, a working actor, and I'm just, I don't know. I'm enthralled by the stories, you know, like all the auditions and the cold calls and the agent and negotiations and being in a union and all of that. It just fascinates the crap out of me. So. Uh, the fact that we can live vicariously through Michael, that's kind of a cool thing. Dude, I uh, I don't know where you went, um, but... Uh, I'm, um, yeah, I was there earlier today. What happened? No, I know. Well, you fell I asleep. <laughs> I'll tell you what, why don't you leave? Oh, wait, there you uh, are. Oh, there I am. You, there I am. Yeah, did you put something you in front of I your camera? I had a post-it note right by the... Um, Right by the uh, little dot there. Uh, you're supposed to be a professional, Goinechi. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Look, it's like this. I was literally I, getting ready to just like reboot, you know, reintroduce you. It can't be a new hour on this show without some kind of crap going on technically. And this time, sir, it's, it's all fault, your fault. Not Wayne's fault. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I put this thing right next to the, the camera so I could be centered, <laughs> and then it was covered. You covered anyway, the camera. Moving on. Yeah, no problem. So anyway, nice to have you here. Uh, 
the side hustle. You like my color code tonight? I do. Uh, I do. You're, you're matching the, the background. And for everybody on radio, right, none of that right. matters. So let me, let me ask you about this. The acting career. Is that if somebody were to pin you down, would you say, yes, that's my full-time job. That is what I do. And anything else is a side hustle. Or do you do something else and your acting career uh, is the actual side hustle? I hope you don't say B, because if you do the title working actor, <laughs> you got to make what, it work. Working actor is I am working every day to get some acting jobs yeah. and, and I'm working acting jobs on a regular basis. Now, does it pay all my bills? No, I need to supplement that as, um, I'm a, mo- I'm a mortgage broker. I thought you said I'm a mimosa. I need to supplement that with a mimosa. <laughs> I'm a mortgage broker and I have a mobile notary service. Oh, okay. Um, as far as the mortgage jobs go, I do, um, I do real estate financing in California, Nevada, and 15 Western states. And um, and you can do all of that and, part-time, uh, right? I mean, that, that can easily be a side hustle. I work from home. Hey. Exactly. Yep. And then the acting, when it comes in, and I, and I can work it out. I can be on the set and, yeah. and handling text and conditions on my mortgage deals. So it works out great. And, you know, really, I full disclosure, I make more money in the mortgage business. But I can make good money in the acting business yeah. when. But you when, uh, sure as heck don't have stuff. more fun, right? The fun is in the acting. You love it. The fun is in the acting, exactly. <laughs> and I'll tell you one time, I also have a mobile notary service as well, which is kind of like uh, on call thing. So I had a, a, an audition for this mafia role, and um, it was unpaid. Web series deferred, which means you're not going to get paid. Unpaid, you're not getting paid. Wait, I want to slow you down. Slow you down here because you throw out the jargon and you don't even think twice about the fact that we, the great unwashed, don't know what the hell you're talking about. So uh, you unpaid we get. You didn't get any money. Or this job would pay you no money. What is deferred? Deferred. What does that mean? Deferred means, um, okay, so if this project gets picked up, then you're going to get paid. Okay. And it's all part of the Screen Actors Guild contract. Screen Actors Deferred Contract. It's like, so say I have a great idea for a show and I want to do it and I'm trying to get it going somewhere. Okay. But I can't afford, I don't have the sponsors to pay for it. So they, you know, well, that's pretty evident show. by the fact that your lights keep going up and down. So I'm pretty much of the mind that you're like, My you're, lights? Yeah, you're cycling like a bicycle just to keep the lights on right now, aren't you? Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Well, no, no, I'm not that bad. See, look, there they I come. They're bright again. That's great. No, no, I no. I love it. Oh, oh, what's going Is my lights? You have yeah, they're kind of dimming, the and then they come on, then they go off, and they come on. I thought you were doing it on purpose. No, I thought it was a light show. No, I'm not seeing that at all. I'm not seeing it at all. Let me turn this on. Is this better? No, well, I don't know. Is that better? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, continue with your That's story. That's better? That's the most important right. thing. And then when I'm not acting, I got my shoe shine job. <laughs> With your shine box. Yeah. I got yeah, it. My shine box. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, so to make a short oh, story you're longer. you're killing me, man. Yeah, go ahead. You're killing me, Sposs. Go ahead. So yeah, deferred means you, you'll get money, but later. 
Right, right, right. So this was a deferred web series, but it ended up being on Amazon and Tubi. That's Whoa. that Sangre Negra show that we talked about last time. Sangre With Eric Estrada, yeah. Eric Roberts. And that show got, you know, we had so much promotion. We had uh, red carpets like, uh, you know, two or three times a month. And it was so fun. Sweet. I like the acting life, you know, off the screen just as much as I do on the screen. Yep. You know, cause you know me, I'm very social. I like to go out there and hang out. Sure. Um, with the, uh, with the people, you know, you can say ladies. It's okay with the people. All right. The ladies. The ladies. Yeah. yeah. All right. And you I'm have a, married, you, you have so a, you can, have a place. Say that. Yeah. You have a place you like to go to. What's the name of it again? Smokehouse? The Smokehouse and Casa Vega. Right. They so what's this, uh, at both those places. this new project that you've got, uh, Julian Grant. Oh, with Julian Grant. He's English. Yes, English. Um, well, he speaks English, and so do I, but he's British. Right. And his name is Julian Grant, and a great director. He, I, I worked with him before, and um, he just has a way of shooting things that's, you know, excellent. So anyway, to make a short story longer, he is... Uh, he, asked me to be in a project of his that he's going to, it's like Breaking Bad meets Pulp Fictions with Ooh, a I like splash that. of Sopranos in there. Yeah. I like all of that. And, That's great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a makeout scene with a beautiful woman coming up. Have and, you ever done that uh, before? I, you know, in your... I, I may or may not wax somebody. Yeah. I... Oh, I thought you said wax, like Brazilian. Okay. You're talking... <laughs> different okay i may or may not wax you somebody. you 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 got a gift you got a gift wax there. on wax off okay all right well michael By go way, get him i wanted to talk about your earlier guest uh caparulo yeah How john caparulo yeah caparulo. he that dude is a salt of the earth isn't he though you know he was so sincere and everything i've never seen his act you know but i i will i want to now he just seems like such a nice guy. He is. He is. And I got to go because we got one Michael down. We got to get at least one more. I'm shooting for three. Is that right? Right. We've never done that before. Show of many Michaels. So uh, you keep uh, you keep pedaling, and we're going to check in with you probably. Right, we, we, we were going to talk about the uh, the sta my stand. You know, it even happens the, on uh, the, on the big shows where we just run out of time. So uh, this is not a big show. But will you, will you come back and you can tell that story next week? I will. The Roddy Dangerfield story. All right. There, see, that's a tease. Very effective. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Good night. Thank good you night. So much. Have a good night. Michael number one, down. Okay. That means two to go. Can we do it? I think we can. We'll find out. Hi there. This is Kirby Schofield, Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market. At Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service course, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. Kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby4u.com.
www.ghostofthecoast.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702-766-9538. Hey, listen to this. Share Life Vacations has a special treat for you. It's a free three-day, two-night getaway to either magical Orlando or exciting Las Vegas. It's your choice. Absolutely no strings attached. Share Life will also include a second vacation to your choice of over 30 additional popular resort destinations. Now, we can't give everyone a fantastic prize package like this, so to make it fair, we're going to ask you a trivia question. You get it right, you'll win it all. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. This movie is about a British Secret Service agent who is frozen in time in the 1960s. Was that movie Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? Press 1. Diamonds are forever. Press 2. Lethal weapon. Press 3. Got it? Well, then call 855-301-8586. 855-301-8586. That's 855-301-8586. At the Bagel Cafe, the recipe is simple. Good food and generous portions. Family owned and operated since 1996, the Bagel Cafe is a unique restaurant where you can get anything your appetite desires. From a bagel and a schmear to piled high corned beef on homemade rye, fresh fruit platters and salads, or creamy New York cheesecake. Check them out at thebagelcafelv.com. The Bagel Cafe, where there's something delicious for everyone. Pine Hollow Winery is the first and only boutique winery in the Las Vegas city limits that features its own handcrafted wines. Located on the west side just minutes from the Strip at 7018 West Charleston, Pine Hollow Wines are available for tasting by the glass, bottle, or for carryout. Peach lovers pick up a bottle of the Warm Fuzzy, which is a sweet Chardonnay-style wine made with peach and apricots. Visit PineHollowWinery.com for their events, wine menu, and hours. That's PineHollowWinery.com. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. Vegas. This is live from Las Vegas. This is the Wayne Coy Show. How about it now? Well, uh, we've had a couple nights already in the books, and here we go with the uh, middle of the week. It is flying, and for good reason, because we just keep running into cool people. And today is no exception. Awesome to have a conversation with a guy that I've known for a long time, and. You know what? So have you. You gave me the break and let me do the show about six years ago. Remember when you were a teen idol. Oh, God. You outgrew all of that. You've, you've matured so beautifully musically and you've done well with the acting. You know what I love the most about that, Michael Damien? I love that when you say the word break, your voice actually breaks. <laughs> how, how old were you when you were hanging out with Dick Clark and doing American Bandstand? Were you like seventeen or something? I was six. I was uh, sixteen years old when I when when we did that song. And you know what's really cool about that song 
is and that experience uh, and having that moment on Dick Clark's show, uh, I never would have gotten the Young and the Restless because that's how it all started when the producers saw me on American Bandstand. That show, Dick Clark singing, you know, she did it. Uh, they came up with the character of Danny Romilotti, the struggling singer, musician, and uh, gave me a call. And that's sort of the beginning. That's crazy. So you weren't really an actor at all before that, though, right? No, but when they, um, you know, they called, they said, you know, oh, this is great. Can you come down and, and you know, we'd like to meet you. And, oh, and maybe just do a little quick little thing on camera. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then, and then they said, okay, great. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, by the way, we forgot to ask, do you know how to act? Like, oh, hey, hey, ho. Hey, not of course. Yes. I'm acting right now, you yeah. know? And they said, of course, I've been acting my whole life, right? Because yeah. uh, in my mind, um, you know, I've been on stage since I was, I don't know, eight or nine years old or younger than that even, performing. So I felt very comfortable on stage in front of crowds. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it was legitimate to say, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I've acted. I just didn't professionally act. <laughs> <laughs> just leaving out a couple of details. Yeah, that's all. But hey, it, it, what they don't know doesn't hurt them, right? Now you were you were uh, performing with your family, yes. And when you said you were like nine or ten, what did they do? Did they just sort of say, "Okay, you're in the family, so you have to be in the band"? Or did you? Because I know your brothers were musicians before yeah. you ever got into it. Yeah, we're whole. Uh, my mother a, was a concert pianist, and my dad was an architect, but he was a singer as well. And that's how they actually met. Uh, my mother was the choir director at the cathedral in San Diego, and he came in and auditioned as a singer wow. for the choir. And then after they had, they popped up quickly nine kids, uh, we all uh, started learning music at a very young age. Piano uh, is the building block from there. Everybody branched off to different instruments, guitar, bass, drums, saxophone, trombone, uh, clarinet, vibes. Uh, you know, it was just, it was really fun. And so we all had this uh, really incredible childhood performing together like the Partridge family, a little bit, a little more unruly or the, you know, the Osmonds, <laughs> yeah. the Osmonds, a little less discipline. And, uh, right. you know, it was, uh, you know, we, we were trying to be more, uh, I don't know if the word is avant-garde, but we were, we were sort of, we were not conforming to commercial music and commercial radio, by the way, just so you know, I was the one in love with the commercial radio and I was the one pushing, you know, the top 40. I said, no, you guys, come sure. on. This is where it's at. And they're like, no, we need to be, you know. We need well, to be what's the age difference and, you between know. you and your brothers? How uh, much older? Ten, ten, ten year, my oldest brother is 10 years older than I am. Okay, well, that makes sense. So you you had KHJ on your transistor or KISS oh, FM, whatever KCBQ, it was. KCBQ, KCBQ, right, San Diego. Was yeah, and that was a great station, right? I mean, yep. we had we had uh, Shotgun Tom Kelly, yep. you know, Mason Dixon, uh, the real Don Steele, all these great DJs, great, great DJs, uh, and a great time for Top Forty Radio. But your brothers were like, no, 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 Hendrix, man, we got to be. Well, uh, no, they were, they, they, they yeah, they, they loved Hendrix because you know they saw him at the, I think it was at California Jam. So they're, but uh, you know, uh, I, they, they, I think they liked. Well, here's the thing. We had a lot of horns. We had the girls played trombone, trumpet, and saxophone, mm. and they sang. So we were kind of trying to do more of Chicago type. Remember the the oh yeah the early days yeah. of Chicago, twenty five like sweat and tears kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So a lot of our stuff had to have horns to make it you know to make it work for the band. So that's cool. Sort of what we were doing. Now you had a record contract very early on. 
We were trying to get a record deal. It was very difficult. Um, no, we did not get a deal back then uh, until I broke off and did the single uh, that you heard she did it. And yeah. uh, that's when, uh, you know, it all things all started happening. And, uh, and then I kept the family kept, you know, then I got, of course, Young and the Restless and that completely changed everything because, uh, my character, Danny Romilotti was performing songs on the show all the time. So my brothers were working on all the music and they were on the show. And my sisters, you know, I had Joni on the show and Larry and Tom on the show with me playing in the band and, you know, and writing songs and producing tracks. So, um, you know, then I signed to a Records. Uh, first it was Cypress, which was, I think you remember Cypress was part of uh, a subsidiary of A&M, but then yeah, I remember my tower of power inflatable saxophone. Okay. Okay. So Cypress did, records. Yeah. 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 Craig Sussman, a great president who signed me and then they got bought by A&M. And so did the uh, Weirs exist as a performing entity at that point, or was it done as soon as you your solo? No, they kept, they off? kept, they kept going and they, we, we, there were different phases of it. Uh, they came up with a new concept, a band called Pleasant Company that released some records okay. and they were doing a bunch of different things. Um, and then, and then working with me all the time and then touring, you know, cause remember we were doing a lot of shows. I was playing, I did Young and the Restless Monday through Friday. Got on, tour on the weekend. Yeah. Exactly. Friday. I was Friday. I, they let me work like morning Friday. Sometimes I didn't work Friday because I had a show Friday night, Saturday, uh, sometimes Sunday, mostly traveling back Sunday and then back on the show Monday. And so we did that and the, and the family was with me. So I remember you know, reading about David Cassidy doing the same thing when he was with yeah. the Partridge family show and he yeah. would work on, on the weekends and he was just yeah. exhausted. So same with you. Were you just worn out? No, I, uh, it, it was, uh, it was just a great time. You know, everything, everything I, everything I dreamt of, you know, I, my, my dreams of, of it's all happening. Pop, yeah. Pop singer, you know, um, to have a number one record. That was like, that was, that's my, you know, that's my gold, Olympic gold medal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was striving for and landing on the number one show, uh, on television was incredible. And, uh, you know, and then through that journey, things like, uh, meeting Andrew Lloyd Webber and playing Joseph on Broadway, Joseph and the Maisie Technical Dream. Yeah, you coat. made that coat look good, man. Hey, yeah. I, hey, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a no carb, you know, zero fat diet for that. Cause you know, I, cause I had that loincloth through 80% of the show. Yeah. And, so uh, you didn't, yeah. but you had your own. You didn't borrow like Donnie Osmond's or anything, right? No, but I did borrow Donnie, who's a, a friend of mine. He's so awesome. Donnie's yeah. coat, uh, Donnie had his Technical Dream coat. In the Chicago, uh, Toronto, um, touring company, company that was bouncing back and forth from Chicago to Toronto. And, uh, they didn't have mine ready for Broadway. So we wanted, they wanted to do the publicity photos. So Donnie yeah. sent me his coat and I did all my publicity photos. So if you see any of those posters and it's know, the same coat, it's the same coat. And then I had my coat <laughs> later, you know, and, uh, no, he was great. And then I also sub Donnie took some vacations in Chicago when he was at the Chicago theater. Okay. And doing Joseph and I play, I, I sub for him, uh, for about a month. So you guys were doing it at the same time. I, for some reason, yeah. I thought he had done it and then you did it. That's the way I thought it went. No, no, we, we had, uh, uh, he was doing, he was at, he was doing the Chicago, uh, Toronto, you know, thing back and forth. And, uh, I was doing, I started the show at, uh, at the Pantages in LA because 
Um, I was not able to travel at that time because I was still under contract with Young and the Restless. And so sure. um, they opened the show at the Pantages, which was incredible. And so I did eight months at the Pantages in LA. And then the theater still wasn't ready, but my contract, you know, I was able to, to do the show, uh, Joseph full time, but we went down to San Francisco and did another, I think four or five months in San Francisco. Right. Where the, I saw uh, you, I saw you in San Francisco. Golden Gate Theater. Oh yeah. Golden yep. Gate Theater. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. And then the theater was ready, uh, at the Minskoff in New York. And then we went to New York. And so, so the total was a, you know, two year, a two year deal that I had uh, made with the show with, uh, right. Andrew's yep. company. Now, when you uh, are on the soap opera and you get to the yeah. level that you get to, do they do everything they can to keep you on? Or the minute they think you're going to leave, do they, like, kill you? How does that work? Well, the good thing is Danny's never been killed. I know. <laughs> Danny, Danny, Danny Romulotti, he's, he's, he's back. He's so alive. You're gonna, you saw him on the show today, and yes. he's on tomorrow. So, no, it's really great. They, they've been so wonderful. <laughs> the show has... Uh, you know, worked with me and, and now I, I, I'm, in, my wife and I have a film company and we make movies. And, you know, when, when I'm not filming and not in Europe, uh, directing or producing or writing, uh, they, we've kind of had this sort of revolving door thing. And, you know, if it works out for the show and I'm in town, you know, I, I let them know, listen, I'd love to, you know, pop into Genoa City and, and do the show anytime. Uh, hang out. Yeah. See your girl yeah. cricket. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and I want to know a uh, quick yeah. question is, uh, yes. when you did come, come back and she gave you a ride to the airport. Uh, oh, there's a lot of, oh yeah. I know what you're going to say. What, what happened on the, well, I, I would like to know. Yeah. Was there, is there, okay. I mean, I know that's, you said you're not a home wrecker, but that's all I get on Twitter is, okay. She took you to the airport. What yeah. happened? Yeah. What happened? Uh, you know, it's a little foggy. I'm not really sure. I can't really say, but, uh, you have to stay tuned. <laughs> okay. We took a detour. We got lost and, you know, we didn't have our ways working and we couldn't figure out where we were going. Sure. Uh, Likely story. That's like when I'm you a, ran out of gas when you were 12. I'm avoiding, I, I don't know what happened, but I know there's a backstory. I just can't wait to find out what it is. <laughs> now who, if you had to choose, well, I'm not even going to ask you that, but yeah. you have two great families. You have the, you have your TV family, yep. your young and the restless family, and then you have your own family. Both, I think, have something in common in that they are yeah. tight. So you still love those people that you've done the TV show with. And I experienced firsthand what your family is like and your sister Estelle, your brother Larry. And I will never forget your mom. I had a dental emergency and she's like, honey, I got you. And off to the dentist I went and they fixed oh. my tooth. And oh my it was gosh. great. Do you remember that? No. Where, where was this? Where, this I was remember. at your house. We were at your house and my you tooth had, started hurting you and your mom some... was like, yeah, I had had a root canal, not root canal. I had a wisdom tooth pulled, and it was oh abscess. Gosh. So did she take? Did she take you in? Yes, she, to your dentist. <laughs> oh, that's mom. I mean, oh gosh, that that is. I remember you had some sort of a situation, but I wasn't sure what it was. I'm, yeah, but oh, mom. Oh man, we missed you. It's amazing. Man. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've got that. And that probably, I'm guessing, has now rolled over into your relationship with Janine and just your life in general. You're raised by a great family, surrounded by wonderful siblings. And now you, you could just tell you and your wife are uh, as in love as in love gets. And you work together, which is not easy to do. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a great time together. And I know people always say, why wow, you work together? 
I can't work with my wife. And, you know, I, we, we have a great time and it's, a, there's a great rapport. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, built out of love and respect and, and really just collaborating and finding a way to, you just have to really, you know, all relationships you have to, uh, they grow and, and, and they make, they, they blossom or they make turns and you got to, adapt and you gotta, you know, uh, don't be complacent and keep working hard at it. And, uh, we have a great time and, uh, you know, getting a lot accomplished. And it's also really fun to create something and you get to celebrate the same thing you're created because there's not that disconnect when it, there's not the, there's that relatability factor because, Hey, what is this awesome? We're sitting at the premiere for our last movie falling for Christmas in New York, mm. um, with the cast with, you know, Lindsay Lohan and, and, uh, Cordova street who starred in the movie and the Netflix studio all there, 550, you know, fans in the theater and to see it on the big screen and then to and be able to experience that with, with Janine, my partner and, uh, and then have it, um, uh, do as well as it did was, just a blessing. I'm really, really fortunate. Yeah, you're on a roll, right? I mean, High Strong was was a hit. Yeah, uh, we had the dance are, movies. Yeah, we had the dance you become, movies. You become Mr. Christmas. Uh, That's been really fun. Yeah, I love Christmas. You know, we, we, we did with Princess for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, still the number one highest rated uh, uh, Christmas movie on, on cable television and, uh, that we wrote Crown for Christmas or Royal Christmas, uh, Much Ado About Christmas, which is now Hot Cocoa for Christmas. And, uh, what Falls is the, uh, Christmas, the, the thing you're doing now is also with Lindsay, correct? Yeah, we're doing a movie. We, we're doing a movie called Irish Wish. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a full on rom com, you know, kind of in that old, that older classic roms, rom com style and, uh, all shot in location in Ireland. It's really, it's, it's really fun. We're working on I it. I go right Damien finding ways to go gone vacation to Ireland. I like I, it. Well, I'm a half Irish. I'm Italian and Irish. Next movie we'll do in Italy, you know, and then we'll, we'll cover that side. <laughs> I got to hang out with family in Ireland. Uh, my relatives are there. My cousins are there. And uh, he's the mayor of uh, the county we shot in. And so it was really, it was wonderful. Had you had, know, had, you got connections. You, you, you make things happen over there. You know what I mean? Had you been there before? Is there a yes, first trip? Yeah. Oh, okay. You no, know, no, we've been there before. Oh, Michael, it's great to have you back. Oh, Michael, have a seat. That's very good. Well, I'm also, <laughs> that's, that was good, by the way. Oh, thank you. Know, you. I'm also an Irish citizen, so a lot of people are like, wait, what do you mean? Really? Like, yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, so if uh, I go, I need you to be my tour guide then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, you know, I'll get you into all the places. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, a lot, that's what you need is another job. Well, speaking of another, I want to talk yeah. quickly about, I knew the song, There'll Never Be Another You from way back in, yep. in our, in our old days, right? Oh, yeah. by the way, quickly, quick story is that I meet this guy in the, uh, in San Francisco. At the mm -hmm. Gavin Radio Convention. Oh my gosh. And we were in a, uh, uh, what do you call that? A hospitality suite, meaning yep. the, the, the booze and the food is free. Yep. So I'm hanging out and somehow, uh, you just, you were there and I was there. We just started talking to each other and you go, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a program director and yep. I do a morning show. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, I'm a singer and I wasn't familiar, uh, with Young and the Restless. I didn't know it. You know, I just never watched soaps. So you had to kind of tell me all of that. But then you're like, well, I got one copy. Can I give it to you? And I'm like, sure. Cause I, I had told yeah. you I love the original, right? David yeah. Essex rock on. Yeah. So I take it back to Minnesota. Uh, we put it on our new music challenge at night. Yep. And it won by a landslide and then it won and then it won and then we played it and then we played it and we played it and then we officially added it. And I think it was from Amazing. a movie. 
a movie soundtrack, yep. right? Dream, dream a little dream. Yeah. Little dream. Corey, Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman. So I remember calling Scott Fink yeah. at Cypress records yep. and saying, Hey, I want to talk to you about the, the Michael Damien song. And he's like, what Michael Damien song? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Cause you know, you know, to let your audience know, we, my, we meaning my brother and I, that was his, this was his idea to crash the Gavin print out, you know, five CDs of the yeah. single worked. Didn't get permission from the studio, from the record company, yeah. crashed the party, ran into people like you. You're, you're the, seriously, I had, I had a couple, a couple out, uh, to you. I had one of you and I had one to, uh, 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 oh my gosh, Shadow Steel. Oh yeah. Out of New Orleans, right? With a big deep voice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I don't know if I told you, I had one last copy and I'm down in the lobby and, you know, thank God you got yours because one guy, we were talking for a long time and I, and I said, so yeah. Um, so oh, remind me, what station are you with? He goes, Oh, I love radio. I love radio. I go, no, 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 wait, wait, what, what radio station are you with? Oh no, I'm here for the sheet metal convention. <laughs> so, and he took the CD. I, no, I took it. Oh no, I pulled it back. I gave it to you. And then I went up to the hospitality <laughs> suite and gave it to him. Yeah, no, I, I, I had that. Oh no, I was not going to give him that one. That was like gold. And then it was so wild. We drive back from San Francisco and we're getting all these irate phone calls from the record company saying, what did you do? I go, what do you mean? Well, whatever you did, you've got a hit record happening here. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Great so, story. Had, so, you yeah. know, and, and then, no, you I know, remember Scott saying, uh, you know, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Let me get you up to yeah. speed. And all the whole time I'm going, yeah. you are covering your butt, man. Cause you didn't even know what you had. Yeah. And it was off yeah. a little soundtrack. So, yeah, and then of yeah. course the whole machine, you know, A and M got behind once it then. started to take off. Shadow, once you, myself, once you played it, yeah, yeah, you, you actually, you and Shadow were the, were the first two to, uh, to spin yeah. that record. And, yeah. uh, cause he brought it up. He's like, yeah, you got two guys playing it right now and they're big fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was fun, man. I mean, just, you know, those days, by the way, I think are pretty much sadly gone. I think now it's just, uh, it's become a very corporate thing, but yeah. sometimes songs come out and this is the good thing. And it leads into where we were before I, forgot to even talk about that story, which is that I remember the song, There's Another You, or There'll Never Be Another You. Yep. I remember it from a long time ago. Yep. Like, I want to say it was 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was way back there. Yeah. Fact, did Larry I, write that or did you write that? Yeah. Larry, Larry, Larry and I worked on, wrote that and, uh, produced that track and I performed it on Young and the Restless. And, uh, um, and then what's really cool is that, um, did you, did you, uh, I don't know if you heard they opened up a time machine out Young and the Restless. 25 years, they buried a time machine. I heard this story. I was hoping you would tell it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they buried this time machine and they said, Michael, while you're here doing the episodes, can you, uh, can you come so over in yeah. and, and be part of the celebration? You've got the press there. We're going to open the time machine. I was like, well, what's in it? And they go, ah, oh, we don't know, like some memorabilia, some costumes and things. Well, they open the time machine and the, and the first thing that comes out is the sheet music to There'll Never Be Another You. Wow. Written by Danny Romilotti. Because uh, it was, cause, yeah, because it's on camera. And uh, so I thought that was very serendipitous. And uh, yep, and I just I just recorded the song, re-recorded it, did a new vocal, whole new production. And, you know, had just finished it and so uh it was it was incredible i couldn't believe they 
pulled that out and we've released the record now as you know and uh you know who knows it might might show up on young and the restless again if you can, can we hear just a little bit i just love the beginning oh, of this here this yeah. is uh this is okay. you in a smoky speakeasy it's uh it's almost last call there's one you get one play person it? in the bar it's an old drunk sitting at the bar are you gonna play it yeah are you playing it or am i just we're playing it oh oh okay oh, let me... That's a tease. We're going to play the whole thing for you here in a little bit. But that's uh, oh, that's you. Michael and a re-recorded version of a classic song that, uh, again, it's all in the family with these guys. Your brother wrote it. <laughs> you performed it. Is he proud of you? Oh, yeah. I would yeah, imagine yeah. he is. I, right? I mean, or does he go, no, does he remember stuff that you did when you were 10 years old <laughs> Pissed him off. <laughs> well, we did build a lot of houses together when we were kids because my dad was an architect, and I always found a way to to avoid working manual labor and you know hide, and then he'd find me. What are you doing? I'm like, yeah. I was taking a break. You've been taking a break for two hours, you know. <laughs> so he's a taskmaster. I'm having saying. a Mountain Dew. Oh, give me one of those. <laughs> you know, no, he's yeah. great. No, very supportive. Uh, Larry, Tom have been just great. Uh, you know, the whole family. Is Estelle is my home. buddy. She's my uh, piece, fabulous. My piece of pie at the coffee yeah, shop. She's, a, so she's amazing. Uh, all the all the sisters uh, were you know we're, we talk to each other all the time and and uh, you know share a lot of great stories, a lot of great experiences together, and very fortunate to uh, to have grown up with this wonderful family. What's happening tomorrow on Young and the Restless? I can't tell you. Come on, man. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a lot of drama, as you see, Phyllis. Yeah, you know, and, and we're at a funeral. Not a funeral, a but a funeral. There's a memorial. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty wild. A lot of emotion, a lot of passion, a lot of, uh, you know, Young and the Restless. Um, how do you say the word? Um, soap operaism. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. It's fun. And That's why it's been around for 50 years. And it's it's been around for 50 years and number one for pretty much ever for a reason. And the quality of it. The writing, they're always doing something new and, and, and innovative, and and uh, I'm really enjoying this 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 run. And and tomorrow is going to be very special. Uh, you know, different people are having a chance to speak. Scoop, and, scoop, give it to. Well, us. I no, I mean, I mean, Danny's going to have some things to say. Going to run away and, with cricket. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, they're still upset about the ride to the airport, but uh, <laughs> no, no, they're just upset they don't know the details. Yeah, and sure. um, We you don't want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I know there is I mean, there is a piano there, but anyway, I'm just saying on the set. Just, you know, just saying. Yeah. You know, if <laughs> if, <laughs> if, there's a, if there was a microphone, we're golden. Let's it could happen, happens. right? It could happen. I've always been blown away by how you you're all able to memorize that dialogue as fast as you do. I don't. I could never do that. I, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's too much. It would take me months to get one scene, and you guys do it in like in a day. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I, I have a different technique. I I try to only really um, work on one show at a time, and so I don't tend to learn all of the dialogue. You know, in advance, I learn what's immediate and then once i finish that show i dump it all i hit delete here okay and then and then i start the new the, the new process uh for me that works different people have different techniques but you're right there's a lot of dialogue and then they go and they change it right you know 
Oh, you gotta love that. What do you mean, line? (laughs) Well, when they what's funny is that when you pull a line out, then all of a sudden, that was your trigger for your next line, and now you can't do it because you. Yeah, it's like okay, well now I gotta, uh, Uncle. Hey, could you just pull your ear when you want me to speak? You know, (laughs) well, all the best, man. Fifty years—that's crazy. Right. Oh, hey, it's it's really wonderful and uh, great people over there having a great time with all the characters and working with all my friends and uh, fabulous castmates on the show. And uh, hey, and you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day in another interview, I haven't been in a scene with every Victor? cast member. Victor, I know I'm with Victor Newman. Come on, by the <laughs> way, you know Victor does it every day. This is so fun. Every time I walk up to Victor Eric Braden, he walks in and goes, Michael Damien, rock on. <laughs> every time and he did every time and it gives me a little he gives me a little because he's a boxer you know he gives me a little oh, rock, on. rock on michael yeah and he had me sing it with him while we were in between takes you know he's like come on michael michael let's sing it let's sing it let's sing it together come on. can he sing it I'll, I'll go i'll go i'll go you know i'll say hey kids rock and roll and you say rock on <laughs> so he's so we were, uh, we were doing it. He was. He was like, "I really want to. I want to sing this with you. Come on, let's let's do it together. Come on, let's do it." Uh, but Eric's <laughs> great. Um, all the castmates, you know, uh, working with Laura Lee plays cricket and Tracy Bregman, Lauren, uh, Michelle Stafford, Phyllis, Michael Grazade, my son. You know, I mean, just the whole the whole team, the whole group, the crew, uh, wonderful people, and uh, just. Uh, Really enjoying it, it's it's really fun because I'm having this nostalgic uh, experience every time I walk and drive sure. up into, to CBS. I get this. You remember when you you were you were there? I mean, you came to see the show. I did. Yeah, you know that was, everybody's Mr. Damien. Hello, Mr. Damien. Hello, Mr. Damien. <laughs> you know, you fly in the gate a little too fast. Get yeah. that gate open. You know, <laughs> and yeah. so you know, and then uh, just experiencing it and being back on this. You know that building. Um, was just these amazing shows uh, going way, way back, you know, and I remember, you know, the Carol Burnett show and, uh, Three's Company. I used to see, you know, John Ritter and, and Suzanne Summers, you know, I mean, like just people like that in the hallways. So that's all rushing to, back for you now. I would have been. Yeah. I just experienced that Bob Barker, you know, I'd see Bob almost every single day. He would say hi to me every day. And it was so nice. Say, hey, and Michael, so, spay and neuter your pets. Come exactly. On. And he's right. And I did. And you did. Uh, yeah. So, um, having that, uh, uh, nostalgia is really wonderful. And, um, you know, connecting it with the music is extra special. I just saw, speaking of music, I just, Donnie, we were talking, I ran into him on a flight and we were talking and, and, uh, he said, come to the show. And I, uh, he's got the new show in Vegas, which is wonderful. By the way, if you're in Vegas, you've got to see the new Donnie Osmond show. It's, fabulous. I heard that it was great. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. it yet, but I heard it was, great. Oh, it's, it's, it's a must see. And, you know, talking about, music and joseph and and we were you know rivaling on the charts with you know his fabulous song soldier love and rock on were kind of you know they were same time they, they were boom boom they were we were hot we were like this you know you and, were first and, and then i remember yeah, because i yeah. i was in minnesota and then i moved to green bay and we were still playing rock on on both stations and then they did the whole thing with guess who this is and they didn't say who the artist was because <laughs> he was yeah. trying to move past the stigma of being yeah, a teen idol, yeah. which now he rolls around in. You know? Oh yeah, he's he and he's great. He talks all about that, and the show is fabulous. But it's so wonderful having those great experiences and and reconnecting 
back to what I was just saying about the nostalgia and being back in LA and, and doing the show has been a wonderful experience. And I hope everyone gets a chance to listen to There'll Never Be Another You. I'm also recorded a song. I, this is kind of weird. I recorded it way back when, and it's called Wild Irish Heart. Okay. Um, I never Which you're entitled it. to sing because you're Irish. Yes. And what's really crazy is I had no idea we'd be making a movie called Irish Wish. So look for Wild Irish Heart. That'll be in the uh, upcoming Netflix movie, uh, Irish Wish. It Star will Wars. be in the movie. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the movie. And uh, it's a really fun movie starring Lindsay Lohan. And, it, and Netflix will, uh, yeah, it's a Netflix movie. And that's going to be ne- early next, uh, early 2024, early right. spring. And if people want to find you online, keep up with you, how do we do that? Uh, Instagram, the real Michael Damien, uh, Michael Damien, I think rock on. Oh my gosh. Can yeah, I put my glasses you, on? You, you, you never, uh, you never choose yourself. <laughs> you never, uh, yeah, no, I try to not do that. It sounds painful. It does. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what my Twitter is. Is that terrible? Okay. Hang on a yeah. So do you have oh, a Michael Damien one? Michael Damien Michael one. Damien one. Yeah. yeah. I'm verified okay. on all of them on Facebook. And there's also Michael Damien rock on on Facebook, but it, right. just look for the blue check and, blue check. and you've got the, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. What a pleasure it's been to uh, to reminisce with you and I. Uh, Thank you. Ray. You know, I think the song title is perfect because uh, there'll never be another you. So how about that? Okay, Thank you sir. So much. You're the Have best, an awesome uh, rest of the week and you're great, for the buddy. time. Rock on, buddy. Take care. We'll see ya. There goes uh, that guy, and we will play his uh, new single for you in just a couple minutes. In the meantime, though, this is the one that uh, he gave away to a sheet metal salesman. <laughs> Ended up going number one. It's Rock On and Michael Damien. Rock and roll, rock on. You're awesome. Fun. Thank you, Wayne. Look at you, did you? Wow. So good to uh, reconnect with Michael Damien. I uh, did that interview yesterday, you can probably tell, because the whole, the whole reveal, everything that he was talking about, singing the song and all of that, happened today on The Young and the Restless. Okay, so to recap, Tonight's show, we had uh, John Caparulo. That's cool. Then we had Michael Goyeneche. Goyeneche, sorry. Um, so that's Michael number one, Michael Damien number two. We've never had three Michaels on the show, ever. I don't know if that's even possible, technically. Let me just check and see if I push this button. If if it happens. Okay, I'm just going to go. Here we go. This is not rehearsed. Just going to try it, see if it works. Go. What? Hang on a second. Excuse me, sir. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. What is your name? My name is Michael Stefanski. <laughs> so, see, it's possible. But you're over there, and I should be over there. There we go. We had to switch places. So, is this the trifecta or the mifecta? Yeah, I'm not really sure how that works. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. never, never been part of that before. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you very uh, much. Anybody who does listen on a regular basis, you hear uh, Michael. His company is called Sin City Custom Suits. And as we were waiting to see if we could uh, get three Michaels, look at the guy. Look how he's dressed here. Look at this. Uh, you want to run through real quick what you're wearing there? You got to uh, the, the turn jack- to the camera so we can oh, see. So tie, yeah. vest, uh French cuff shirt with monogram, uh, suit coat. Yep. 
and uh, pull the mic a little closer to you. Oh, sorry. The other mic. Okay. <laughs> so the four mics now. Yeah, four we counting got... that one. Five <laughs> counting my. Anyway, yes. So the basic three piece suit with a uh, French cuff shirt. You look. You look fantastic. Of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to get a hold of you, um, I know there's a, one number that runs on the commercial. But yep. You were saying there's another one? Uh, I've got 702-518-9006 is the, the shop line. Okay. 702-518-9006. How did you get into the suit business? That seems like a, a very specialized thing that you just don't. You know, you don't go to school for no. Well, it it was um, I parted ways with the Hard Rock um, years ago, and I was I put my resume out, and I got a call from a headhunter who had reviewed my resume, obviously. And, Come a little uh, closer. And uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. He uh, asked if I was interested in in learning how to make custom clothes, and I said, like can't thread a needle and he said no 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 no. we've got people for that what we need is <laughs> you were thinking oh i gotta make suits right right so so it was come we'll teach you how to measure and we'll teach you about different fabrics and then we'll come back to vegas and you'll start selling suits and, and uh making people happy dig it and uh, that was 12 years ago almost 13 yeah yeah and uh, been at it um ever since how long did it take you to where you really felt like, okay, I got this? It's probably about a year. Really? Probably about a year, yeah. I was thinking even longer. Um, well, it, the the company that I worked, they did really good at teaching us what we needed to know. Okay. Um, and then I was with them for about eight months. Um, they ran into some challenges. I found another company also based in Salt Lake who had a much better grip on how to teach people to do what they do. Okay. Um, so there was a little leap in learning there and then, um, ended up at, uh, stitched over the cosmopolitan for about a year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was at stitch for a minute and then, um, you know, realized that the challenges of getting custom made, um, is going to be, whether it's me or whether it's a company, those challenges are going to be there. So let me cut out the middleman and just assume the whole challenge. And that way, when, a, when because when I go to your house and I ask you for your credit card for your suit, yes, I want to be able to answer you when things are going wrong. And if it takes me an extra two or three days or sometimes a week to bridge that gap between me and whatever company it is, how can I cut that out? How can I talk to you and you know exactly what's going on and I tell you exactly what's going on? Right. Um, so that there's no, there's no communication gap. Because you have to trust me. I'm coming to your house and I'm taking your credit card number. I'll be back in six weeks. See you. Bye. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> will you really? Yeah. But, right. And, yeah. but if, if I can, if I can look you in the eye and say, yes, I will call you in four weeks and let you know where your suit is. Then I will call you in four weeks and let you know where your suit is. Got it. Um, the suit you're wearing right now, mm-hmm. how many, how many measurements went into making that? Uh, about, uh, 25, 28, give wow. or take. And now, you know, when you go buy a suit at a men's clothing store, average one, okay? Uh, we won't name any names. Sometimes they're in a big warehouse, though, okay? So you go to <laughs> you go to the store. How many measurements are they taking? They're not. Right. You walk in, and it's, oh, you're, you're a 38 short. You're a 46 long, whatever that might be. So you get whatever 
three suits fit in that range. Yep. It was fun. When I first worked at Stitch, I'd never been in retail. Yeah. And they would come in and say, I'm, you know, I'm a 38 short. And I would go, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything to me because I'm going to take 30 measurements. That's what means something to me because you're not a 38 short. Right. Because that's going to have to get fixed. There's the key. It's right. a custom suit. Absolutely. It's not off the rack. Right. It's made just for that person. Just for you. It's one of one. And you can't. And you were even saying you like you could put pictures of your wife on the inside of your coat if what you want. What do you want? To. You can do corporate logos. You can do your favorite sports team. Do you hear that, Nancy? We can do hundred dollar bill, you like can, you know, logo, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I dig that, man. I think your favorite sports team, Wayne. Is that your a favorite new, sports team, Oakland A's, Wayne? <laughs> yeah, or the Raiders? Would that be? Uh, has anybody ever done that? Raiders? Uh, not yet. Not uh -huh. yet. Had a guy do Golden Knights. So I can. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, well, nothing wrong with that. No, but they do. But I could, but I could be the first raider of mine. That's all. That's all I care about. All right, right. Well, let's let's figure it out. Ooh, this is exciting. All right. Well, it's uh, Sin City Custom Suits, and if you want to get a hold of them, which I know you do, because right now, if you're listening, you're going, you know, my whole life I've been believing that what I buy at that chain store is all I can do. But you, you for the for not a whole lot more. You can have a custom suit. And again, you've kind of cut out the middleman, so you're making it more affordable than it probably would be. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right. One more time with that phone number. Phone number 702-518-9006. 702-518-9006. Okay. And All they right. call up, and then what, are they, what happens when they call? We make an appointment. Okay. Um, I bring fabric books over generally to the house. I'd like to see first appointment. I'd like to see what's in your closet to kind of get an idea of what you're comfortable wearing. Um, I've done appointments at a gentleman's office. Um, I've done appointments at Starbucks. I've done appointments for a, a cousin was camping. Really? And wanted a suit. Yeah. So I measured him in, in his <laughs> wife beater and his shorts. You know what I mean? And it worked fine. It, everything sure. works fine. I mean, I prefer to have what it is you're looking for so I can get a better idea. But, um, you know, it, it, measurements are measurements. And what you like is what you like. And we'll, we'll show you. How long uh, does that take? About six weeks, give or take. Well, that's really yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. You but know, don't call up like two weeks before an event and say, "I will say oh, I absolutely want my not." Suit. Yeah, absolutely you, not. And you'll, and you'll be honest and tell them you can't. And do I've it. been doing a lot of weddings since COVID ended. Um, if I don't have ninety days before a wedding, uh, the answer is no. Okay. Yeah. You hear that? All right. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Love you, Wayne. See you. Bye. Love you too. Oh, online at sincitycustomsuits.com. Correct. Where did I hear that? At? <laughs> <laughs> the echo in here. <laughs>